Hello, this is Michael Howard from Eden Place Nature Center. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. <laughs> Subtle, but okay. I'm trying. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will. Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forest, go with land will. Good planets are. Right. What about uh, broccoli? No, not broccoli. Brussels sprouts aromatherapy. How about no? Almost as bad. Almost okay. All right. Now, Ben. Now I'm gonna bring uh, this one up. My mic, not my heads, but the mic up just a little bit. There we go. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Hello. Hello. Hey. Yep. 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 Radio, radio. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, but uh, you have to know the Muppets to know that. <laughs> and you digress. <laughs> and, but I, but I digress. Uh, welcome to a rainy, cold Saturday. Uh, this is why I told you. So I tell you, people, don't get your tomatoes in too early. Nope, 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 nope. Ah, 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 sorry. I keep going. Ben's the, looking at you like I you're keep, nuts. I keep going into the Muppets here. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, if they're, if they're outside, they're sulking right now. They'll probably be okay because we got, you know, eh, it depends where you were in the area, I suppose. We've been, we're down to the night before was like 40s, upper 40s. And tonight, last night was, was upper 40s. I think maybe around 50. What, what were you, you up your way? yesterday morning was like 40 when I got up. 40, 42. Yeah, that's pretty cold up there. It never made it above about 46. But see, I got the I get the old Chicago heat island thing going. Woohoo! Okay. Let's give a ding. There you go. Let's give a ding to global warming and heat islands. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at the... Uh, I saw the front page of the, uh, or one of the front pages of the New York Times. You've got, what was that headline? Miles of ice collapsing into the sea. Yay! The actual headline, Antarctic Dispatches, a Continent at Risk. And it's talking, there's an entire page with a graphic in Section A of the Ross Ice Shelf and how it's collapsing into the sea. You know, that on top of the thing that uh, you posted on the show page on Facebook yesterday, Arctic Stronghold of World's Seeds Flooded after permafrost melts. So they got this seed bank they have in Norway up in the Arctic Circle where they figure nothing will ever happen to this because it's going to be it'll be frozen forever except that in 10 years it froze. 10 years or whatever. I don't know how long they've had the seed bank, maybe 20, whatever. And it and it, it, it takes only that length of time for it to all be undone because of us. Aren't, aren't humans wonderful? And that actually brings us to the topic of our show today, uh, the book called The Monarch, Saving Our Most Loved Butterfly by Kylie Baumley, uh, who's a buddy of mine. And um, uh, it's a very cool book. And the idea is, yeah, we need to get out there and work to, you know, if, if we don't want to see this species disappear, we have to now work because humans, once again, have Stuck their grubby little fingers into the muck here, and we ruin everything, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. And we're just I, getting started, I, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Well, it's true. 
You know, what what goes next? And there'll be something else we'll, we'll, we'll discover in a year or something or two years that, wait, we weren't even paying attention to um, uh, these insects that disappeared. Anyway, Kylie's on next. So let's... Uh, let me let me let me tell you something. When you go shopping, are you looking for local, sustainable, healthy foods? Yes, you are, of course. Check out the Sugar Beet Co-op's healthy staples, the everyday items you need to make delicious meals priced at or below most other stores in town. We're talking about basics like milk without added hormones, organic whole wheat flour, fresh organic produce, and local grass-fed beef. Shop the co-op for these core items at affordable prices. Sugar Beet Food Co-op is in Oak Park on Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop. And tell them Mike sent you. Admit it. You know that a couple of dandelions or some clover in your lawn aren't a problem. Not only that, you know that wiping them out with chemicals is not particularly good for your kids or your pets, but you need some help. Why haven't you called Logic Lawn Care? They're experts in creating healthy and safe lawns naturally. Logic also works with schools, park districts, and municipalities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500. As I mentioned before, we have Kylie Bomley, who will be on uh, the show in uh, just a second. The title of the book is The Monarch Saving Our Most Loved Butterfly, and we're giving one away, aren't we? Yes. Okay, Should we we'll, We will tell you how to do that once we start talking to Kylie, because we got to get her on the phone, and we know you're all going to call in and want to get a hold of this book, so... Stick around on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki on WCGO Chicago's Smart Talk. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for Women and Men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere? When is the last time you even saw a monarch? It's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance. Natural communities, native plants can help. Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and the bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering, or fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they're a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone from the nerdiest native plant geek to the neophyte. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. This is Sports Director Kevin Burgess. Make sure you catch my sports report every day from 5 to 7 p.m. on French and Friends, sponsored by 1090 Brewing. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, for our comeback, are you are you tracking that down, Peggy? I, it's I okay. have the song. But. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, Kylie Bomley is on the phone, and, and Kylie, we are trying to track down a song that we're going to use for the next 
uh, come back when we when we are in our second segment today. But you don't you need not worry about that because you're not the radio person here. You are that you, is true. You are the horticulture person. Have you ever done radio? Uh, I've done a few things. Yes. I mean, host a show. Oh, I'm, no, I've never hosted. No. Oh, okay. All right, good. That's a good thing. I'll leave that, I'll leave that to the experts, <laughs> like you and yeah. Peggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you haven't met Peggy. So, Peggy, Kylie, Kylie, Peggy. Good morning, Kylie. Good morning, Peggy. I, nice to meet you. <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, Peggy showed up about a year ago uh, on my show and just never went away. So um, I decided I had to make her co-host. So well, she's, that was a good move, probably. <laughs> it, it was a great move because she's much more organized than uh, I am. Uh, and Kylie Baumley is uh, is a horticulture buddy of mine. She's a writer. Uh, we know each other through social media, and 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 anytime there's a an event in Chicago, and you come see, I don't go out to events. It's it's I always make people come to me here <laughs> and Kylie comes to town every now and then and 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 we say hi and wave to each other and uh and now she's written a, a really lovely book called the monarch saving our most loved butterfly uh and it seems uh Kylie that uh this is a very personal thing for you isn't it it is uh you know I've written this is my second book and this one is really my passion. Um, for the last 11 years, I have really concentrated my gardening on gardening for butterflies in general, pollinators in general. But the monarch has really sparked my interest. And uh, who knows why why one particular thing does that, but it does. the monarch does it for me. Well, I don't know why it wouldn't. Um, we all, uh, and I feel the same way, and... and I mentioned on uh, Facebook and I believe on my blog when I was writing about this that this subject comes up regularly on my show, The Monarch Butterfly, certainly over the last several years as we've watched the numbers decline. I mean, if you see the chart uh, and you have it in your book, which mm-hmm. is interesting right. because it just the book just came out. So you've got the numbers uh, coming out of the winter of 2016 into uh, 2017 and I and I want to look at that chart and I it burned a hole in my brain when I was reading it and, and I knew this but for the first time you know because okay here's here's why I got faked out a couple of years ago the numbers kind of went back up uh-huh. uh, a little bit and then last year there was a terrible storm as the monarchs were coming out of Mexico migrating north uh, and right. as everybody knows the the monarch is I believe the only uh, butterfly that th- does this kind of migration. What page is that on? 46 is right. where the chart is. Okay, 46. Thank you. And uh, so they have to, they go down to Mexico and they go to the Oyamal for forest. And I, and I, and I went, actually went on Facebook, not, not on Facebook. I went on uh, Google uh, on my computer. I said, how do you pronounce O-Y-A-M-E-L? And, <laughs> and I thought, because I used to think it was Oyamal, but it's Oyamal. So, right. Uh, and the Oyamal forests down there is where they overwinter, which we didn't discover until 1975. Um, which and then it got divulged a year later, and I think that was a terrible mistake. But what do I know? Uh, it wasn't gonna, <laughs> it, it wasn't going to stay a secret anyway. But if you look at the graph that you have uh, in the book, it shows the peak in what was it 98? I can't read it because I don't have my glasses on. But uh, at the end of the 20. 20th century, and then it starts to do, to drop precipitously. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know anything about how graphs work and how trends work, um, it's on its way down. It's it's it, and and I can you can anticipate it going down again. You know, one would hope that it would begin to go back up because we had that bump in the winter of 15, 16, but then 16, 17, mm-hmm. it goes back down again. Well, I, I have something to add to that, which doesn't usually get stated. But, you know, the fact that, yes, it went down from that winter, but when you consider how many butterflies were killed in that storm, that even though the number is down this year, yeah, look how much higher it is than the four years, you know, before the, the yeah. rise in, in the winter before last. Um, I still think that that's an incredible recovery, even though the number is less than it was last year. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think that it's all that alarming that it went down. 
um, just considering that storm, which, you know, thankfully they don't get that many storms that are like that, but um, it happens. <laughs> it, it does. And, and, and you've got a really good point, which is to say, if you look at the graph and you look at the last two or three or, or five, five or six uh, uh-huh. uh, years, you could, you could interpret it one of two ways. You could say it's going to go back down again, or you could say it's a trend where it's starting to go back up. Uh, the, right. po- the point is the monarch is in danger right now. Uh-huh. And as you mentioned in your book, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, and one thing I will give you credit for in the book is that you managed to remain positive about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. I'm not the positive guy. All right. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. What, what's the deal, Mike? <laughs> I, 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 I re- Look, this is why I have people like you on my show. I need the forces of good uh, uh, to con- counteract my forces of darkness here. Uh, I look at what we're doing and how we've removed milkweed from our farms. And, and as you mentioned in there, and it has a lot to do with uh, glyphosate, which is Roundup and Roundup-ready crops uh, where uh, milkweed used to pop up all over the place. We're losing um, acreage to, uh, to development. We're losing it to everything. Uh, and that is the hope of the monarchs. What we're left with is citizen scientists like you who are being told, let's plant milkweed. Let's, you know, let's put it in the margins. Let's put it in the, uh, along our freeways. Let's put it wherever we can. Let's put it in our backyards. So you got to talk me down from the ledge, Kylie. That's your job here. <laughs> okay. Well, um, and everything you said is correct, except that in the last several years, you've got hordes of people that are concerned and are doing whatever they can and no not you know one or two individuals are not going to make a difference but when you get a lot of people that care it does and the government is involved in this now which they weren't before um you know with the current president who knows what's going to happen in this respect exactly but, uh, <laughs> but um you know they're they're actually have put they've put incentives in place for farmers to actually plant milkweed which you know if you would have told them 10 years ago that they were going to be doing that they mm-hmm. would have looked at you like you had a third eye but um you know they're they're rewarding them for that because we know how important pollinators are in general or at least many people know that yeah, yeah, there's still a lot there's still a lot of people who don't understand that you know pollinators are crucial for our food supply so when you help the monarchs, you're not only helping them, you're going to help other pollinators as well. And if, if people can understand the interaction between uh, us and the natural world, which there's a huge disconnect there. You know, people go to the grocery store and they buy their peas and they buy their potatoes and, and tomatoes and things. And, oh, yeah, they know, you know, that, that – Somehow they got there. They know they grow in the ground. But I don't know that people really understand the connection between pollinators and what a huge job they do for us in regard to our food supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, so it's not just the monarch. I, you know, I, it, it, I know, but, but yeah. milkweed really is just about the monarch. Uh, yes, it is, because it's the only food source that they're caterpillar. Right, and, and, and folks need to know, if they don't already, that a monarch... Uh, Yes, it will visit other plants for nectar, uh-huh. uh, but in terms of laying eggs and the caterpillars consuming um, uh, food to become monarchs, milkweed's it. That's that's th- right. That's what we got for monarchs. So if we have no milkweed, we have no monarchs, and we have right. been really good at eradicating milkweed throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you point out, now we're backtracking. We're, you know, you can hear us beeping. As we back up, beep, 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 right. and you go, oh, wait a second, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Um, and I hope you're right. I hope these these things work, but there is still Roundup out there. There's still Roundup-ready crops. There's still, uh, okay. There's still ordinances on the books, as you pointed out, of making milkweed a noxious weed in communities. But that's changing, too. I know it is. I, yeah, because yeah. I have a Google alert set for that, and, and I would say once a week I, I get something through that that, that tells that they're that's, taking it off the list. That's great and, news. That's great news. Well, I actually had a quick question on that. Since Obama had put 
those plans in place. Um, 2015, federal government allocating $3.2 million um, for habitat and milkweed. Is there any change to that happening right now with budgets, or is that just kind of continuing under the radar? Um, I, I haven't heard anything current about what will happen with that. As far as I know, that's still in place. Good. Excellent. Uh, and, 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 and one of the things, I, I don't know if you saw this, I, I, I was putting my blog together about the book last night and stumbled across a story from MinPost Earth Journal, and the headline is, How Much Milkweed to Save Monarch? Only 1.8 Billion New Stems Study Finds. Uh, 1.8 billion with a B. That's a lot of milkweed. That is a lot of milkweed uh, for us to plant. So we're, it's an uphill battle at the moment. But tell me why you think we can win this battle. Well, when when you state that number of, of stems that need to be planted, uh, I'm not sure whether that's the number that need to be planted or that's the number that need to that we need to have. Um, because if you are familiar with how milkweed grows, it does spread very easily, mm-hmm. many of the varieties of it. And we have over 70 native varieties of milkweed in the U.S. You know, when people think about milkweed, they think about the common milkweed. Uh, that's the one that right. most people are familiar with. But there are lots of other milkweeds, and some of them don't spread as quickly mm-hmm. as that. But, you know, they spread by two ways. They spread by seed, and they spread by underground rhizomes. And anyone who grows milkweed knows that you don't just plant one plant and have one plant year after year after year. It naturalizes, you know, quite readily. So, you know, if you're talking about planting that number of plants, that's going to grow exponentially over, you know, a period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that we are more aware of the problem is a huge factor that's going to play a big part in in the comeback. you know, it's not. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. It's you know, it's seemingly by if you look at the graph, it seems like it, it the decline happened overnight. You know, with the advent of Roundup Ready crops, but because of our awareness, which you know, that's my big thing. I want people to be aware of the problems and some of the things that they can do. And and there's something that everybody can do, but I think that we are on the upswing simply because of the awareness that's being. Um, brought mm-hmm. to the issue. Yeah, and, and all of the things that kids are doing in schools so that they're growing oh, up learning yeah. about it. Yeah. And if you start out with the kids, you know, you, you know that, anything. If you, if you teach kids something and continue on with that, you know, that they're our future, and they're, they're the future of the monarch butterfly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they'll, they'll, they'll beat up their parents. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Mom, let's go get some milkweed. Why don't we have milkweed in our yard? Yeah. Hey, oh, Mom, yeah. how come we're not recycling these bottles, Mom? Uh, that's yeah. a dad. Yeah. What's wrong with you folks? What kind of parents do I have here anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, and, well, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, before we go to the break, do yeah. you want to... Help people yes, get a copy of the yes, book? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we're giving away a copy of the book. Very happy to do that. And and don't worry, Kylie, when we come back from the break, now we go uh-huh. to, this, to the, the side of good and lightness, okay, where I'll get you, I'll let you explain why monarchs are so wonderful, all right? Okay. I, you know, I, okay. I, start, I started with the dark side here, and we'll get, we'll get to the light <laughs> side eventually. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, but we're giving away a book, and we're going to give it to the seventh caller, Ben, just so and Ben's like, really? Does it have to be the seventh? At least I didn't say 70th caller. Okay, seventh caller at 847-475-1590. 847-475-1590. Give us a call. Uh, and, and Ben, we're going to, if we get a chance, we'll put him on the air uh, as well. So hang on to that seventh caller. That's your, that's, look at the phones are ringing already. You got to love that. And you'll get a copy of The Monarch. Saving Our Most Loved Butterfly by Kylie Baumley, who's right now questioning why she ever came on my show because, uh, <laughs> because uh, you know, it gets a little uh, tense. All right. Uh, however, when you mention the word garden, nine out of ten people have a picture of a rose pop into their heads. 
The tenth has mm-hmm. a vision of popping bubble wrap, but uh, hey, I don't write this stuff; I only report it. Anyway, he writes it. Yeah, the May. No, I don't. The May June issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine features an article about roses. Did you know that there are more rose varieties than there are stalactites in Mammoth Cave? Like I said, I'm just the reporter here. Wow. Uh, but the story helps ease your anxiety about which rose type to get and how to protect it over winter and how to keep it healthy. And are you aware that my column on the inside back page of every issue has won me four Nobel Prizes? Like I said, I'm just, give- wow. I'm just giving you the facts. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. I believe there's a state-by-state in Ohio, isn't there, Kylie? Yes, there is. Yeah, see? So if you lived in Ohio, you could get one of these as well. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking monarch butterflies. If you want to win a book, 847-475-1590. We'll be right back on 1590 WCGO. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings Magazine. And for seven years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier, happier lives. Each month, our readers enjoy new information about integrative health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids and pets, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs, or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. One of Evanston's best parties of the year is just around the corner, the 2017 Evanston Green Ball. It supports the Evanston Ecology Center and features great local food and beverages, live music, and an environmental art show. The Green Ball is on Saturday, May 20th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at the Levy Center, 300 Dodge Avenue in Evanston. Go to evanstonenvironment.org for more information and to buy your tickets. See you at the Green Ball. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA, creates a direct relationship between you and a local farmer who grows your food. You support a farmer financially up front, and your farmer provides you with local, sustainably raised food during the growing season. This could be a weekly box of vegetables, a monthly share of meat or eggs, and there are many other options. To find your farmer and the CSA that works best for you, go to bandoffarmers.org. Sign up for your CSA today. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. You see, I come back from the commercial and I'm... You're all bouncy. I'm all bouncy, and Kylie's going to make my dreams come true, which is, uh, and uh, as Peggy noted, we're we're checking the uh, Twitter distraction here, and the Seakeeper gals are out there. They say, we grow milkweed. Yes, we do. We grow milkweed. How about you? Uh, did Dr. Seuss write that first before you guys uh, put that in there? Uh, and I know Annie Haven's listening out in California. I think she is. She tweeted earlier. And, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I mentioned Ohio Gardener Magazine, or you did, uh, Kylie. You're a feature writer for Ohio Gardener Magazine, one of uh, state by states, right? That's part, yes, yes, I am. Part yeah. of the, uh, par- part of the uh, empire of state by state. And uh, she's a citizen scientist and uh, um, a blogger. Um, our little acre is the blog, and you can find all that by going to mikenovak.net. I got the links there. Uh, but more importantly, we have uh, the book that uh, she just wrote, which is over here, which I put away here The Monarch Saving Our Most Loved Butterfly. 
so, uh, you know, you, I mentioned earlier that this is personal for you. So you've watched Monarchs up close uh, for a while. Why are they so special? Well, when I when I first got started with it, um, I actually learned about the Monarch tagging program that is administered through Monarch Watch and the University of Kansas. And what they do is they enlist the services of citizen scientists like me and hopefully you too mm-hmm. uh, to track, help track the migration by um, affixing these little stickers on the monarchs that are born late in the season. Because those are the ones that uh, when they um, come out of their chrysalis in your garden, they won't mate. They have one mission in mind, and that is to get to Mexico. <laughs> and they also live it's like a, lot, a of us. lot longer than their parents and grandparents did mm-hmm. so that they can make that long migration, live through the winter down in those Oyamel fir forests, and then make the return trip. Uh, they only usually only go as far as the southern tier of the U.S. where they find milkweed to lay eggs on, and then they die. So when I learned about that whole process and that I, I was able to help with that by growing milkweed in my garden, growing nectar plants for them, um, that's what really got me involved. So I really owe it to that tagging program that is done through Monarch Watch, um, getting me really started yeah. and really obsessed with monarchs. And you said that was actually your mother who had picked up the tagged monarch? Yeah, we were on a trip out to Delaware, and we were on our way back, and we saw the sign for the uh, Flight 93 Memorial, and we were very close to it, so we decided we would go. And just outside of Shanksville is this chapel that they had built, and there's a garden, and it's called the Peace Garden. And we stopped there and looked around a little bit, and Mom had found this dead butterfly, dead monarch butterfly, right around the granite memorial that's in that Peace Garden. And we noticed that this had a sticker on it. And we didn't know what it was about, but, you know, when I got home, I checked it out. And that was the beginning of everything. That's that's just a wonderful story, and you uh, recount that in in the book. Uh, We we actually have a a question uh, about butterflies from John. John, where are you calling from? Hi, John, John from Arlington Heights. Yeah. Well, my, I'm glad to say my uh, milkweed did come up, and it's looking great. But my understanding on milkweed is that they breed on one kind, and they eat on another kind. Is that correct? That's a no, new, that's, that's that, not correct. They okay. will lay their eggs on any kind of milkweed, and when that egg hatches, the first meal that the little tiny, butter, or the little tiny caterpillar eats is its egg case. And then it will start eating the milkweed around it. That's, uh, but that's a that's a really yeah. great question. I don't know where that. I had not heard that, but uh, well, yeah. Uh, I, I'm wondering, John, are you thinking the adults who then can take nectar from other plants? I really didn't know. I just had heard that and wondered if it was true. No, so well, they do. They do have. Uh, they seemingly do have preferences, and I know in my own experience in my own garden. It seems like the preference changes from year to year. I grow five different kinds Hmm. of milkweed, and one year I'll find most of my eggs and caterpillars on the common milkweed, or the next year it might be the swamp milkweed. I know that it is generally thought that they don't make as much use of butterfly weed, which is the orange-flowered variety. The leaves are very, very hairy, and we don't really know if that's why they don't generally prefer that kind but they do make use of it because i've seen it in my own garden and other monarch enthusiasts have too uh so they they do have preferences i suppose it's kind of like people when you have a an appetite for one thing and maybe don't like another but uh, they'll make use of any of the milkweed and and whatever they lay their eggs on that's the one they're going to eat so well the good the good news is i did see a monarch yesterday Wow! Yay. Everybody, everybody's wow. seen one except me. Okay, now this is—I'm uh, being punished for. I saw a for hummingbird, my... but no monarch. Uh, oh, don't even start with me, <laughs> John. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate thank it. You have a great Saturday. Thank you all. Bye bye. All right, uh, Ben. Have we given away the book yet? 
Nope. All right. We're still call, taking callers at uh, 847-475-1590. The seventh caller will win a copy of The Monarch, Saving Our Most Loved Butterfly by Kylie Baumley. Uh, Kylie, um, talk a little bit about raising monarchs. I know a lot of folks want to do it. One of the reasons I think folks do it, as you mentioned in the book, is that uh, about 5% of monarch eggs ever make it to adulthood, which... That's that's uh, an amazing number. So this is one of the reasons why I think folks want to jump in and help, isn't it? Well, yeah, and you can if you if you want to raise them yourself and do that, you can flip flop those numbers. You know, mostly I I mean I lose a few when I raise them in the house, but it's generally quite the opposite of what happens out in nature. And you might think that that you know you, we always think nature knows best, and and I believe that that Mother Nature does know best. However. The monarch is not the only insect out there, and other insects have to live, and, you know, they're parasitized by other insects. Sure. And, you know, so, and, and as far as the 5%, I mean, that's not all that unusual in the insect world, but when you consider that one monarch, one monarch female can lay 400, 300, 400 eggs, um, and, and that's just one, you know, that's enough for survival. But, of course, with the numbers declining, we, we want to up that. And I don't know that if everybody starts raising them inside that that's going to be the thing that's going to uh, turn this around. But it certainly isn't going to hurt. And what it does do when you raise them inside, and I know I felt this way and I've heard m- many other people say it, when you see that process up close and personal of them forming that chrysalis, right before your eyes it's just amazing uh and then watching it come out as a butterfly there's something about seeing that that you take inside of you and it makes you care a little more mm-hmm. uh yeah i i i would think so it, and it's and obviously this is something that well i was going to say kids like it but adults like it too watching the oh i I've watched it. I've watched the process. I can't even countless times, and I will sit and watch it every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and as you never gets old. <laughs> as you phrase in the book, bet you can't raise just one. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, ben, is that is that our contest winner there by any chance? Oh no. Uh, uh, oh, did did Jeff want to talk to us there? Okay, let's let's bring Jeff in because uh, it's Jeff the Bee Farmer. Jeff, how are you? Good morning. You're on WCGO. Peggy, it's uh, Jeff. I, I met you at uh, Walnut. Yep. Hey, Jeff. Thing yeah, the, we've uh, met a few expo. times. Good, no, great show. I just uh, I kind of feel bad because every time I walk into a, a hardware store or, or Home Depot, I see people just carting out gallons of uh, Roundup. Yep. And um, it's just too bad that... Uh, People either aren't aware of it or not, but I, you know, I'm, I'm just a little concerned about the spring now with with the the growing season that we're having, and um, you know, I haven't even put my tomatoes in yet. <laughs> That's a good thing. Good Jeff. for you. Yeah, I'm telling so, you, June first. You're, you're what Long Grove area? No, I'm in Chicago. You're in Chicago. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. And then we have the farm down in Naperville at the Green Earth Institute, and that's where I get my my you know all my vegetables. Yeah. And, you know, so we were, I was supposed to put them in, and then I just put in five raised beds in my backyard. And, um, you know, I helped my mom put in a bunch of raised beds where she lives, and she put hers in, and now she's kind of regretting it. But um, I don't know, maybe do you have any recommendations of, you know, I'm waiting for Rick to come on to see what the weather report's going to be like, but do you have any recommendations on uh, um, waiting or? For, for what? Just for tomatoes and some of the vegetables. Oh, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. When we get uh, Rick, we'll do that. I want to finish this conversation about monarchs. Oh, sure. No, I I was just going to say, going back to to butterflies, um, I I get quite a bit. And I don't know what this butterfly is. It's It's a blue butterfly. And it comes back every year back to my garden. And I... I was just going to ask your guess if, if she, I don't even know what kind of butterfly it is. <laughs> is it a small one? Or? It's kind of a small one. It's not as big as a uh, a monarch, but it's a blue butterfly, and it always comes back in between 
um, my neighbor and I, I face, um, I'm on a corner and I face I, east. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we're just about out of time here, uh, uh, Jeff. So would you send me a photo, Mike at MikeNovak.net? And, and if I have to, I'll send to Kylie. We'll figure out what, what butterfly you Sounds got. Sounds great. All right, dude. Good talking to you guys. All Great right, take show. care. Thanks, I appreciate it. And I and I hate to cut Jeff off, but we're we're flat out of time here, Kylie. And and I want to mention that one of the thing great things you do in the book is you tell people how they can help. Give me just a couple examples of how you can help monarchs. Well, you can you can create a monarch way station, and the information for that is also in my book on how to do that. But you can also find it at monarchwatch.org. You can, uh, if you have access to a community garden, you can do it there if you don't have your own property. Uh, you can suggest to city park officials to plant an area for the monarch. Um, don't use pesticides. That's, you know, that's one huge Oh, my thing. goodness. And one of the things you said in the book, and I want to get this across real quickly, is you said basically the average gardener never needs to use pesticides. Our guest mm-hmm. last week, Heather Holmes, said exactly the same thing. And I can't stress that highly enough. If you're an average gardener, you don't need pesticides. Please don't use them. Kylie Baumley, we are out of time. Let's do it again sometime real soon. And thank you for a wonderful book. I really appreciate it. I would love to do it again. And thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks, Kylie. Rick DeMaio weather coming up. Stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on WCGO. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. The daughter of the president requests your presence at tea. Alice Roosevelt beckons you to step back in time to 1905 at historic Fisher Farm in Bensonville on Saturday, June 3rd. The fiery and witty first daughter tells tales of her father, Teddy, her rocky relationship with her stepmother, Edith, and her romantic alliance with future Speaker of the House, Nick Longworth. Nestled in 100 acres of remnant prairie, the Fisher homestead has been beautifully restored and is just minutes away. Go to Fisher Farm on Facebook for more information. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. This is Mike Novak, tree keeper number 417. Registration is now open for Openland's Tree Keeper Summer Course. Tree Keepers are a network of trained volunteers who take an active role in caring for trees around the Chicago area. The eight-day certification course will be held in Oak Park at the Austin Gardens Environmental Learning Center on Tuesday and Thursday evenings beginning June 1st. To learn more and to register, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Hey, are you the guy with the bags and bottles of fertilizer and chemicals in your garage and a lawn that still looks like, well, you know. Maybe this is the year you call Logic Lawn Care. Logic is an Evanston-based company that can show you a different way. With almost a decade of experience, Logic can show you how to create a healthy and safe lawn naturally. Logic also wants to work with your school, park district, or municipality. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500-847-421. 421-6500. When you shop the co-op, the Sugar Boot, Sugar Beet Co-op. I like that Sugar Boot. Sugar Boot. The yeah, Sugar Beet Co-op. <laughs> oot and a boot. Oot and a boot. I'm going oot and a boot to the Sugar Beet Co-op. You're shopping local and healthy. Right now, they're featuring terrific local businesses like Westtown Bakery and Diner, Mint Creek Farm, Metric Coffee, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery, Nichols Farm and Orchard, and Rare Bird Preserves. 
And just mention the Mike Novak Show and you'll get $5 off any purchase of $15 or more. Sugar Beet Food Co-op is in Oak Park on Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop. Well, it's raining on a Saturday. It's cold. It's nasty. It and must, Rick's on the It bone. must be Rick DeMaio time. Okay. Dude, <clears throat> what's uh, what's the... What's yeah, ex- you got some splaining. Yeah, do. you got some, some, some big time splaining to do. Well, uh, first off, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Rick. How are you? Hey, Rick. <laughs> hey, I, I've I've done some analysis, and it's actually uh, too warm for snow. So that's one good thing, right? <laughs> okay, good. That's that's the, the that's the upside of all of this. Okay. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is that um, people probably are saying this is crazy, this is nutty, this is climate change. I'm like, no, it's not. This is Chicago. This yep. is the Midwest. This is May. Um, and actually, I, I I did some digging and I sent it to you. I don't know if you looked at it, but uh, back in May 2012, uh, we had a similar pattern that kind of set up across the United States. It was uh, warm and then it got cold and then it was warm and then it got cold. And we were kind of in between uh, that that changeable zone uh, and the lake for some reason that year and this year have been unusually cold. Uh, and we actually had, in that period of time, uh, back in May 2012, um, not only a few days above 80, but a few days above 90, but we had had a couple of days above 95. We had one day it was 97, the lowest 70. The next day on the 28th, it was 95, the lowest 77. Uh, we ended up having another day uh, with temperatures in the mid-80s, and the bottom dropped out, and we had a high of 54 on the 31st of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally we had about an inch and a half of rain. And if you recall, guys, that was the same year in 2012. We ended up having one of the hottest summers on record. So yeah. there have been times where, yeah, I remember that, Mike, 2012. Yeah, no, no, no. And I remember that because that was also that really nasty, um, well, n- nasty, I say nasty, and everybody loved it, was in April where we had like 10 days in a row in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually in March. Yeah, it was, was that in March. In Mar- yeah. I'm sorry, March. Oh, yes. It was yeah. March, and all the yeah. trees blossomed, and then That's the right. blossoms froze. Because I remember I was shooting TV, and we were shooting like on the 3rd or 4th of April. Yeah, you're right, because it had been going on for days at that point. Right, it was still, right. it was another one of those days. We were out at 7 a.m. at uh, Millennium Park shooting the TV mm-hmm. thing, uh, and... Nobody needed a jacket. It was, and, <laughs> right. and, and all the tulips were coming up. It was crazy. Right. It was nasty. Right. Yeah. What if, what are the good things about the, the recent cool weather and the rain is you mentioned tulips, man. They really had a long lifespan this year, didn't they? Yeah. Well, because it stayed cool. A, a couple of times when we got to those 80s, if I had tulips that had just bloomed, they disappear, right. they yeah. disappear in a day. But if it's cool, yeah. they'll stick around right. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, I think any flower that pretty much is blooming now uh, most likely is going to do the same thing because the pattern, uh, as as much as it looks like it's going to go back to warmer temperatures by the end of the week for about two days, we go right back to cool weather. So it's been it's been a very what we call meridional flow, which means it goes up and way back down. Uh, you know, parts of uh, the Rocky Mountains, Colorado, you probably heard about it, read about it, saw it on TV. Uh, 30 to 40 inches of snow in the western Yikes. section Yikes. of Boulder County. Uh, and part of that is, you know, three things, slow-moving system, a uh, lot of moisture, and intense orographics. So sometimes you'll get that. But, you know, we're talking a month away from the summer solstice, uh, and they're getting that much snow, which they'll take. Uh, this time of the year, the ground is warm. The soil is fairly permeable. So whatever snow they get out there just basically runs right into the soil. So the fire season, we can already say uh, from a confidence standpoint for most of Colorado and Wyoming and Montana, most likely is going to be, you know, somewhat um, uh, inhibited from starting early. That's going to be a late fire season. Yeah. And good. Uh, but but then again, the warm weather that we had early this week where, you know, you're walking around, you know, Wednesday night at eight o'clock and it's 80 degrees. Um, all that heat ended up moving to the east. Uh, 96 yesterday, a record high temperature at LaGuardia Airport. Wow. 95 in Boston. Yeah, it was warmer up there than it was in parts of the deep south. Yeah, really crazy stuff. Um, So you'll get these, you know, extreme up and downs. You know, whether or not it translates into the weather for uh, the month of June, it's still yet to be determined. But 
you know, I think I mentioned this last weekend in the paper I wrote for Peg, uh, is that I do think we're going to start out with, with cool and wet conditions, not only obviously in May, uh, but also in June as well, and it seems to be going in that direction. Wow, and I'm looking at the the radar you sent, and there's more rain on the way here now. <laughs> Holy smoke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was um, David um, uh, Thoreau, Thoreau, the great writer, said, um, if it's raining, let it rain. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that, I, I guess wasn't that words Clapton? Of the lies. I thought that was Eric Clapton. Yeah. Uh, no, that's no, Let It Rain. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, you got that, on, like uh, that. got that on CD there, Mike? Uh, I've got it someplace. It's not right here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just like you looked outside yesterday and it was like, you got to be kidding me. It's 45 degrees and the day before yeah. it was 85 in some places the south of us at 90. Yeah. Uh, but bottom line is the rain that we have now, um, as we get into the forecast, this line of thunderstorms, um, not severe, but it'll produce about a half inch to an inch of rain between now and 2 o'clock. There'll be a bit of a break and then the temperatures actually warm up into the 60s, uh, probably after about 9 or 10 o'clock tonight when the warm front comes through. But right on the backside, cooler weather, so only low 60s tomorrow, but it will be sunny. Uh, Monday looks good with temperatures in the low 70s and maybe some rain with mid-70s on Tuesday, but we get right back into a cool pattern. Wednesday and Thursday appear to be cool with temperatures back in the 60s, and then probably back to cool weather next week. So um, this pattern that we have right now pretty much with us for the next two weeks, guys. Okay, well, that's interesting because Jeff the Bee Guy called earlier and he wanted to know about his tomatoes, and my feeling is... If you haven't planted them yet, just be a little cautious. And if it's, it's going to get into the 40s at night, you, you might want to protect them. Um, I haven't pla- yeah, I haven't I haven't planted mine yet. They're still in my little mini greenhouse out back. And and actually last night, last two nights, Kathleen and I were like, "Oh, should we bring them in? It's going to be in the 40s." <laughs> but we figured they'd be okay in the little greenhouse. Uh, but it's yeah, and that's why I always say June 1st. Mm-hmm. I just wait for June 1st to put them in the ground. But that's me. You know what can I tell you? Uh, all right, Rick. Uh, thanks for I, I guess for, the, uh, <laughs> for gee, thanks for hey, the uh, encouragement hey, well, there, Rick. You got you, you got. I, I, I feel like I just told you guys that you both need your wisdom tools pulled. Jeez. Exactly. <laughs> I had mine pulled. Sorry. You got, we got like thirty seconds. I saw you. You well, were going to put him back in. Oh, we we have a winner for our our, our book giveaway, and that's Mac. Right, uh, Ben? Mac win, w- wins the book. That's cool. Um, and um, um, I know I saw you downtown. You've been going to the Chicago Theater and seeing all kinds of cool people, Rick. But we're Bill, out of- Bill Maher last week and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Fantastic stuff. I'll be on, the, I'm on TV tonight. See you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Watch Rick on uh, Fox uh, Chicago uh, at 9 o'clock. I've been watching you. I enjoy uh, your forecast there. So. Oh, well, thanks. As long as my tie isn't wrinkled in the HD. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You're Mr. Smooth. <laughs> what can I tell you? All right. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. All right. I want to thank Kylie Baumley for being on the show tomorrow. we got Alan Armitage. We're going to give, be giving away more books. We'll be talking tree care. So if you got tree questions, call them in. Until tomorrow, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.